You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Morning, everyone. You're all good? Let's start with some prayer, will we? Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides soul from spirit and bone from marrow. I pray this morning that they will be changed because of your word, because of the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Anyone here familiar with hurling? Great game, isn't it? I used to play hurling when I was younger. And uh, there was a a phrase during the game, there's 15 against 15 for those of you who don't know hurling. It's an Irish game. And there's a phrase where it says, your man has gone missing. Did you ever hear that phrase? Johnny, we say Johnny, right? Johnny's gone missing. So Johnny hasn't gone anywhere as such. He's still on the field, but he's gone missing. In other words, he's not putting in 100%. He's not um, fully committed. Something's gone wrong in his heart, in his head. During the game, maybe he's got a belt. Maybe the guy marking him has said something that has upset him. And suddenly, Johnny is out of the game. He's gone missing. And, you know, today's message that I want to bring is something similar in that in a big church like this and a big congregation, we can all be here, but some of us in our hearts and in our minds can go missing. So the title is Go Back to the Work I've Called You To. And remember, there's a story in the New Testament about Jesus who went missing. Do you remember that story? Mary and Joseph and Jesus went up to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover And they all would have went back together in a big caravan, a big group of people. And after a day's journey, suddenly they they realized that Jesus was missing. And they were frantic. And for three days, three days, they searched Jerusalem for Jesus. And eventually they found him. He was 12 years of age. They found him in the temple. And of course, in the Old Testament, the temple represented the presence of God. That's where God was. And Jesus was about his father's business. He said to Mary, Mary said, what are you doing? We were, we were distraught looking for you. He says, he looked at him like, what? Do you not know I'm about my father's business? Anyone here, 12, 13, 14, any te- teenagers here? Are you about your father's business? If Jesus was about his father's business at 12, should we not be about our father's business at 12, at 30, at 40, at 50? No? Yes? Yes. yes. So to give some context, does this work? Forgive me now, but technology's let me down again because I didn't turn it on. So it's my fault. Okay, so the context of this, I'm, I'm going to be speaking from the book of, of Ezra. It's about 536 BC. The, the people, God's people have been exiled to Babylon for 70 years. And now, King Cyrus has decreed and taught them, go back to the land and build the temple. Imagine that. A pagan, unbelieving king has taught them to go back to Jerusalem and build the temple. This is great news for the people of God. This is a fulfillment of prophecy, a foretelling of what was, what was going to happen in the future. So after 70 years, they're coming out of Babylon, they're coming back to Jerusalem, and they're about to build the temple. I want to just keep in mind a couple of names that will come up in the scriptures that we're going to read. There's Zerubbabel 
and Joshua, they're the leaders. There's the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. How much we need the prophets in the church today, don't we? Hallelujah. The prophets bring the word of God just when it's needed. And the Bible says in the New Testament, there's the gifts of prophecy. There's gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's people in here, I believe, and greetings to Cafe Church, that have the gift of prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. And I believe God wants to store those gifts up. And we'll find out later why. So we have the leaders. We have the command from God to build the temple. This is what Zerubbabel's temple would have looked like. And the temple, as Tom mentioned a minute ago, was so important to community, to establish a community. These people were coming back to establish a new nation, a new community. And the most important thing was the temple, because in the temple is where they met with God. At the temple is where they had their sins forgiven. At the temple is where they had their spiritual community. Where is the temple of God today? Absolutely. We are the temple of God. We no longer have to go to a building to meet with Jesus Christ. We meet him in the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we see that we have the altar, which they would have built for sacrifices, for sacrificing the lamb, uh, the blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Who is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? Jesus. Hallelujah. Not only did this happen in 536 BC, but it was pointing forward to when Jesus would be the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. So this was a command from God. God had taught them, build a temple. He provided everything they needed. Sirius, uh, the Persian king, had given them cedar from Lebanon. He'd given them a grant. He'd given them safe passage. He'd commanded them to do this. They had been provided with everything. When they left Babylon, the neighbors gave them money and gold and silver. They had no, no excuse. They were asked to start building the temple. So let's go on to the scripture. This is in Ezra chapter 3. In the second month of the second year after the arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel, Jeshua son of Jehazadak, and the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites, and all, and I'm going to emphasize, all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem began the work. They all began the work. Everyone here has a job to do, don't they? For the Lord. Hallelujah. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by the king, um, David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. Hallelujah. His love endures forever. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid. While many others shouted for joy, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. This was supposed to be a day of celebration. They had built the altar. They come back and are about to lay the foundation. And the older believers, the older Christians were weeping. Why were they weeping? Some of them had seen the former temple. The former temple, which was destroyed, was built by King Solomon. It was bigger and it was more beautiful. 
And it was at the time when Israel was at the height of their power. And these guys were looking back. They were looking back. And they were saying the days of former days were better than the days now. But that's not what God says in the Bible. That's not what God says to do in the Bible, does it? No, it doesn't. I remember one time um, we, we built a house 15 years ago, myself and Joanne. And I walked, after the foundation was laid, I walked among the foundation and I went, Joanne, there's something wrong. Joanne, it's tiny. It's like, did you ever see the Jaws film? And your man is standing at the back of the boat. And next minute, Jaws comes up out of the water and he says, we need a bigger boat. Do you remember that one? It's one of my favorite lines of all the films I've ever seen. And see, I didn't understand that when the walls go up and when the roof goes on, it looks normal, it looks like a normal size house. But if you ever, anyone built an extension or a house or anything, if you walk among the foundations, it looks tiny. You can jump from the bedroom into the kitchen or into the utility and you're going, no, this is a doll's house, this is not a real house. But it was a real house. And see, the issue here, I just digress from, from, the, from the, the main point I'm making this morning, but I believe God wants me to, wants me to, to mention this this morning. Do not say... Why were the old days better than these? For it's not wise to ask such questions. It's not wise. Do you believe that God can do new things for you today? Yes, yes he can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. Are you a new Christian? Are you walking with Jesus a couple of years? And you're going, this is not what I thought this would be. Maybe you're going through a tough time from your family. Maybe you're going through a tough time in your personal life with your health. I don't know, but... Remember what happened to Lot's wife? Well, let me tell you what happened to Lot's wife. God delivered Lot and his wife from Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot's wife was coming out. And she looked back. There was something in her heart, something in her mind. And she looked back and she turned to a pillar of salt. When God calls you out of, out of, out of Egypt, out of Babylon, do you know what they mean? It means out of sin and out of death. That's what Jesus rescues us from. There's no going back. There is no going back. Does anyone say amen? amen? There is no going back. You know, when they came out of Egypt, what did they want? They wanted the vegetables and the leeks. They'd forgotten that they were under Pharaoh. They'd forgotten that they were slaves. They had a miserable existence. All they, rem- all they had remembered what, uh, were the good things, if there were any. And it's the same as us Christians. We can forget what it's like to be under the bondage of Satan and sin and death. Because that's what the Bible tells us. If you're not a Christian, you're under do you know whose rule is over you? Do you know who rules over you if you're not a Christian? Satan. He rules over you. And yet, we walk with Christ, we walk with Jesus, and we have a hard time, or whatever happens, we start to look back. Don't buy the lie. There's nothing back there. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So back to the story. Suddenly, the ground, the, the work ground to a halt. Have you ever, like, driven past... Um, a building is about to start and you're going, oh, well, this will be a shop or a restaurant and the foundations are laid and the walls start to go up and then it stops. Did you, ever, did you ever see that happen? And you're kind of going, oh, it's just an eyesore, isn't it? It's just ugly. So the building stopped. And do you know how long it stopped for? 16 years. 16 years. Where was Zerubbabel? He was one of the leaders. Where was Joshua? He was another. Why did it stop? We're going to look this morning at why it stopped and why this can happen in our own hearts because you remember we are the temple of God 
and the Holy Spirit is doing a work in our hearts and in our lives. And he is not satisfied to leave us at salvation. In other words, when the foundation is laid, Jesus Christ is our foundation. We come from darkness into light. And it's not good enough that we stay put. We need to move on and grow in Christ. I want to grow in Christ till the day I die. Do you? Yes. yes. Hallelujah. So Haggai, who's one of the prophets I mentioned earlier, he comes along after 16 years. God sends his prophets. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. This is what God is saying to us this morning. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. When the Holy Spirit puts two lines in a paragraph beside each other, it's time to... It's time to listen. Actually, have you ever sat down in a room with nothing else, no technology, maybe a pen and paper, and just listened? I like what uh, Blaise Pascal says. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. You should try it sometime. It's fantastic. Now, you mightn't last an hour, but you could start with five minutes. You could start with ten minutes. Just sit down. I said, Lord. Have you something to say to me? And, and, and when you come out of that room, I guarantee you, the burdens will be left behind. Amen. And you'll know what's important in your life. The people of God, just like us, had lost their priority. They had lost their way. And we're going to look at the three reasons. There's three reasons why this work came to a stop. Explicitly in Ezra and the book of Haggai, it tells us exactly why. It says, number one, the people said, this time, the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. How many times have we said that to ourselves? Now is not the time. Next autumn. After Christmas, should the family are coming? I'm up the walls. I will wait till the children are older. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to serve the living God. If you don't serve God today, you won't serve him tomorrow. Did you know that? That's the, that's the reality. Today is the day. If God is tugging on your heart, don't ignore him today. Don't give an excuse like that. The second scripture from Jesus himself, it actually scares me because I know as a human being, I'm so prone to fall into this um, trap. The worries of life, I have worries. The lure of wealth, absolutely. Never more in the history of society, of the nations, is there more wealth at our fingertips that we can pursue? Because we think that, it, that it's our security, don't we? We think wealth is our security, and it's not. And the desire for other things. You can put anything in there, hobbies, whatever you like. And there's nothing wrong with um, money. There's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with all these things. But if they take priority in our lives, that's what Jesus meant. That's when the trouble starts. So that's the number one reason. The time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Why isn't it? It was 16 years. They weren't going to rebuild it. 
It would have been 32 years. They still weren't going to do it because they were so consumed with their own lives, building their own houses, their own little kingdoms. They actually used the cedar of Lebanon to build their own house instead of using it for the temple. That's what happened. Do you think that could happen to us? Absolutely. If you don't think it'll happen to you, it more than likely will. Second, the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. How relevant that is. How many times I've struggled with the fear of man, which is a snare, the Bible says. I want to share the gospel. I duck out. I don't open my mouth. I want to do something and a family member or someone stops me or tries to stop me. Is there anyone here with that predicament? What's the cure for the fear of man? Fear God. That's the cure. That's the only cure. And pray that. Ask God. Say, Lord, I want to fear you more than any human being. Because the enemy of your soul will use anyone to stop you from your God-given purpose. And remember, God has a purpose for you and a work for you to be part of this temple. He didn't save you to send you off and do your own thing. He saved you to be part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And he's got to work for you. And do you know the other thing? There's great satisfaction in doing the work of God. There's great satisfaction in doing the work that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Third, opposition from Satan. Remember Jeshua I was telling you about? He was the high priest, one of the leaders. If you look in Zechariah, it gives you an insight into what happened to uh, Jeshua's mind. It says, the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Jeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations. Satan, yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. Hallelujah. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. If you're a Christian here, you've been snatched from the fire of judgment. Hallelujah. Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua, he said, see, I've taken away your sins. And now I am giving you these fine clothes. Who's the only one under heaven given to which a man can be saved and forgiven of sins? Jesus. That's Jesus in the Old Testament. That's the second person of the Trinity. Hallelujah. It's like being in a court You've got the angel of God, Jesus. You've got brazen at his right hand, the devil who is brazen, the accuser, accusing Jeshua before God. How many of us get accused every day by the evil one? Do you even recognize when you've been accused and slandered by the evil one? Has anyone, has the evil one ever said to you, I know what you did in your past. You can never be forgiven that sin. You're too old, you're too young, you're too weak, you're too stupid. Have you ever heard of those? Who do you think that is? That's the devil. Brothers and sisters, the devil exists. And do you know what he wants more than anything? He wants people to think that he doesn't exist. And then he will do his handiwork. But don't take it from him. Because the Bible says that in Christ we wear the robes of righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Christ, we're clothed in white. I see a lady clothed in white. It's dark. I can't see it. I can't see it. She's wearing white. And you know what? In the spiritual realm, if you're a Christian, you're wearing white. You've been forgiven. You're washed in the blood of Jesus. That's good news. That's what you declare to the heavenlies. 
Let's declare it now as you sit down. Let's declare it to Satan. Let's declare it to the heavenlies. Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. His blood has cleansed us from our sins. Hallelujah. We've been given a place in heaven. Hallelujah. Our sins have been washed away. Hallelujah. Declare it. Believe it. Do you ever speak to your own soul? Don't be listening to yourself. Preach to yourself. Tell yourself I'm a Christian. Tell yourself I wear the robes of righteousness. Tell yourself I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't listen to the lies of Satan. Who or what is preventing the Holy Spirit working in your life? You know, when God calls us to a work, you might be necessarily Billy Graham. You might be called to start a church. Maybe it's just read a psalm once a day. Maybe it's just pray for your family, whatever it is. It doesn't matter about the actual work. It's about doing the work. You know, my prayer this morning is that God will stir your heart. God will stir your heart. If, if, if that's you this morning and you know that God has put something in your heart and your mind, and for whatever the reasons, maybe one of those three reasons, you're not about your father's business. My prayer this morning is you'll be about your father's business. We read on in the story. It says, Zerubbabel, then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, Gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. I am with you, says the Lord. So remember Haggai came earlier and he rebuked them and he warned them and he says, get back to the work. And they listened to the voice of the prophet. We need prophets today. May God raise up prophets amongst these people here. I pray this in Jesus' name. We need prophecy. We need to be encouraged. We need to hear the word of God. There's a pattern here, and it's all the way through Scripture. They listen to God's word. They fear God. They turn back. And then what happens? God comes in, and he says, I'm with you, says the Lord. How can you expect God to stay with you if you're going the opposite direction of him? Can you expect God to stay with you? No. But if you follow Jesus, if you do the work that God's called you to, you're going to hear, I'm with you, says the Lord. Isn't there nothing better to hear, I'm with you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Like when Janet stands up on Tuesday night and she's doing the work of God. Is there nothing better, Janet, to hear, I'm with you, says the Lord, because she's doing God's work. Everyone wants to hear the approval of our Father, don't we? Our Father in heaven. Hallelujah. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. They began to work in the house of their God, the Lords of Heaven's armies, on September 21st of the second year of King Darius's reign. I love that scripture. The Lord sparked enthusiasm. See, we need God's Holy Spirit to spark that enthusiasm. But we have to be willing as well to obey him to surrender to him, to walk with him. And then will come the encouragement, the enthusiasm, the power that comes from heaven. And do you know that it was less than a month from when Haggai prophesied to the people. And he actually it gives us the date, incredibly, August the 29th, 520 BC. And in September 21st of that year, 
They went back to the work after 16 years. Whoa, what a God we serve. What a God we serve. As we come to a close, you know, there's a couple of things in my mind that I want to pray for. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The plumb line is a building instrument. It's for building. Each one of you have been given a tool, probably more than one. Is it in your hand? Are you about your father's business? Ask yourself that this morning. Because God rejoices to see the work begin. Don't despise the small beginnings. Don't be comparing to what you see on TV. Let it be something small. Maybe it's just meeting with one other person in the week and praying with them. Maybe it's reading the scripture every day. I don't know. God will show you. Maybe you're to start a church. I don't know that either. That's not my job to tell you what to do. But don't despise the small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Um, we're going to sing a song. There's three things I want to pray, pray for. One, you know, have you gone missing? Are you not about your father's business? Today is the day where you just turn back and say, Lord, I want to be about your business. That's one prayer. The second prayer I just believe by faith that there's people here that God has put something into your heart and God is saying, don't let September pass 2019 without starting. Five, two and a half thousand years ago, Haggai came along and he prophesied to the people in August and September they began the work. Come this September, there's people in here or down in Cafe Church and God will show you, you're to begin a work. Whatever that may be, you're to begin a ministry or a small group or a life group. Don't let the accuser stop you. Don't let the fear of man stop you. Don't let the worries or the distractions of this world stop you. Do the work and you'll hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. And I pray, and I'm going to pray as well for those whose hand is on the plow. And there's many, many, many here. Their hands are on the plow. That God will encourage them. And fill them with his Holy Spirit. And they'd see miracles. And they'd see mountains cast into the sea. And they'd hear the voice of God. We need to hear the voice of our Father in heaven to keep going. I do anyway. I need to hear the voice of my Father in heaven. And as I was preparing this message, this song came to mind. And it's so old that we couldn't find it on the internet. Poor John McGuire is driven demented. Trying to find chords and words and the whole shebang. But we found it, thanks to John. We found this song. And if you could stand, we're going we're gonna to sing this song. It's an old hymn type song. And then we're going to pray. And John will finish out the meeting. I'll leave it over to you, John. Stir my heart, O oh Lord. Let your holy fire burn, spark a flame within me, strengthen my desire. May my heart, O oh Lord, Hallelujah, sing it as a prayer. So tender in your hands, breathe your fire 
Hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, O God of heaven. Come, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to be like Simeon, Lord, who held Jesus Christ in his arms. He said, I've seen the consolation of Israel as he stood in the temple. Hallelujah. Oh, God, let us be excited about you again, Jesus. Let us be excited about the things of God. Hallelujah. We'll lift your hands up before God and we'll pray for those who haven't, who, who, who need to return to the living God and say, Lord, use me to build your temple. We'll pray for you now. We'll all pray together in the name of Jesus. Encourage your people, Lord. Thank you, God. Let the fear of God increase and let the fear of man decrease. By the power of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank you, God. We pray, Father in heaven, according to your will, that you would raise up ministries come this September, Lord. That you would stir your people, O oh God, to do wonderful things for you, Jesus. That their work would count in eternity. That their work would not just be in this world, Lord, but it would count for eternity. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, and I pray for your people here this morning, O oh God, who are working for you, Jesus, that you would lift up their head, Lord, that you would banish the evil one from beside them. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. This one is snatched from the fire. Preach it to your soul. You've been snatched from the fire of judgment by the death and resurrection of Jesus. We pray, O oh God, you would encourage your people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Will you finish out the song, John? Yeah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stir my heart, O oh Lord. Let your holy fire fall. Spark a flame within me. Strengthen my desire. May So tender in your hands, breathe your fire within me, stir my heart, oh Lord, stir Strengthen my desire. May my heart, O oh Lord, be so tender in your hands. Breathe your fire within me.
God. I remember that song. Anyone remember that song? Oh, the aged and the infirm like myself. A few of us remember that song, powerful song. Here's one thing, Barry didn't know it, but um, Barry was talking about September. One of the things that I feel God is calling on me, particularly in September, is there's a new bridge just built there. And hopefully by September, that little street, Harley Street, will be open. And it's like a physical bridge connecting our church to the heart of the city. And I want to pray that what's happened in the physical will happen in the spiritual. What we'd love to do is some Sunday in September or October, as soon as it's open, is that after church, anyone who's up for it would join us and we go out on the bridge and the church would spill out over the walls of this building. And that for five or ten minutes, we'd praise God out on that bridge we proclaim God's word and we want to see and hear the city hear God's word. That there is another way, there's an alternative life. Hallelujah. So if you could be praying about that, maybe God will stir you to join us uh, some Sunday to do that. So God is good, isn't he? God is good and he's got great plans for your future, your life and the life of our community. John is going to sing that song and play us out in just a moment. We're serving coffee upstairs in the atrium um, before the next service starts. want to say thank you to Barry again. Let's give him another round of applause for bringing the word. Encouraging and stirring. So the ushers are going to open the doors for us. John is playing us out. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you. Hope to see you within the next week. John.